Greetings, soul family. This is Big G from the Cool Ass Conversations Podcast. Introducing the Frequency Forum Podcast with your hosts, Ashwin Nicole, Rico DeJesus, Miguel Rivera, and friends. Brought to you by Akashohana, which means soul family. Thank you for tuning in as we embark on another high-frequency conversation. Welcome back for another installation of the Frequency Forum with Akash Ohana. I am Ashwin Nicole, and I'm here with Rico de Jesus and Julie McNeil. And today we are going to talk about what happens when we get clarity on how we may have been misunderstanding law of attraction. Um, this happens to the best of us, <laughs> and it, it's great when you can work out the kinks, but the more you know and the clearer you are, the more obvious it is to you when you encounter a situation or someone else who may be misunderstanding how law of attraction works. And, you know, frequently this comes up for us in our experience as something that we are not getting that we really want or we think we should have already gotten, which I, I hesitate to use the word should because, you know, that's an indicator that you may have a misalignment in understanding about something <laughs> when you're using words like I should have done this, or, this should have happened. You know, it indicates that you have an expectation mm -hmm. that may not be in alignment with what you're really putting out um, and, and that you're not necessarily allowing very well. Right. So um, we, there are many different ways that this shows up for us. So I don't know, Julie, did you want to yeah. talk about it? Yeah, I would just, it really is about discernment, like really having some self-awareness about um, what, what thoughts, you know, what beliefs do you have that might be standing in the way, you know, of the thing that is, the thing that's already really set up for you, right? you're sort of, you know, creating some resistance around it, you are, you have a belief system that, you know, won't allow it, you know, like that classic one that we've talked about in the past, you know, where you want more money, but you have a uh, unconscious belief that money is bad, that, you know, it, it leads to, you know, negative outcomes. So you're sort of, you're splitting your energy. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's the, that is really key. And the other thing I was going to say is that one of the things that I'm really working on with myself and I'm, I'm making it a real point to remember that everything happens for a reason. So I'm really looking at life. So when things are going on with me and say I have a goal or something, I don't really want to call it a goal, but I'll say an intention. Um, and that's another thing, watching your words too, because the words yes. are kind of like really key on yep. where are they tell you where you are uh -huh. energetically, you know, so I have an intention, you know, like a kind of like to have that thing. It's not here yet. So, hmm. but then you're on this path. And it's and you find that you're not there yet, but these the path itself is also of benefit. And so I'm really owning that, understanding that the path to the thing is the is the real opportunity. You know what I mean? And savoring that, and not therefore pulling, uh, not putting a lot of resistance out there because I'm not there yet. Yep. And that is making a huge difference in my overall life experience. You know. Yeah, so, 
another way this can show up, um, and, and, you know, we have these beliefs that are at odds that everyone has. I mean, even when you, when you're walking in the stuff you've been doing and you've got it working so great in certain areas of your life, there may, there may still be other areas of your life where, where it doesn't work as well because you still have some sort of embedded beliefs. And I know how many times have you heard or seen someone saying, I'll help you uncover your negative beliefs. We'll help you dig those up and root them out. And I'm like, Whoa, no, 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 no. We don't need to go root anything out. We don't need to dig up anything. <laughs> right? right. We don't need to get to the bottom of anything like Abraham says, cause there is no bottom, but exactly. what you really want to do is understand how you're framing things to yourself right now. And I love it when you said, watch your words, Julie, yeah. because that's one of our best indicators. When you're listening to yourself, the words that are coming out of your own mouth, yeah, <laughs> you're listening to your own story and mm-hmm. you're able to get new insight into how you're framing things or setting things up so that they can only come to you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I find that most of coaching is just about learning to listen to other people and reflect it back to them in the way that they can hear it because they're clearly not hearing mm-hmm. themselves. <laughs> Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. and, and I was going to say this, and I want to hear what Rico has to say. But I've lately, I've, I've become very comfortable with kind of talking to myself out loud because, yes. you know, it's just it's interesting, and yep, it helps me sort of stay focused on where I am, you know, energetically. You Absolutely. know, so yeah, it, it's yeah. interesting that we're talking about this topic because um, that has come up for me this week too. Uh, how powerful our words are. Yes. And even when you're joking, you have to be careful because, <laughs> you know, your words are. So my cousin sent me this this TikTok that basically said something to the effect of spelling your when, when you're using words, your 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 you're casting spells. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. You're casting. I spells. love that. Yes, and yeah. you have to be careful with what you say. So even if like you're joking around, um, you're still putting that out there. Yep. That's and true. the other the other thing that came up, um, actually, it was yesterday, was um, I've done a lot of work with with money um, because I grew up um, very poor, and it was very hard to get out of that poor mentality, mm-hmm. and also, I had to deal with a lot of um, being able to receive gifts because I was always taught, no, no, even if I really wanted something that you were offering me, you know, I would say no, just because um, the way I was raised, you're like, no, you don't, you don't. But I learned through uh, through Abraham and my Abraham friends that if I don't receive what you're giving to me, I'm robbing you of your gift Yeah, to yeah. them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So this, in the past few days, um, I have a friend who, you know, he makes, you know, over six figures. He's very comfortable. And, and as I've mentioned in other podcasts, um, I've been making almost nothing per year, like 3000 or less. And um, he wanted to give me send me money so that I can buy dinner for another friend of mine. And he's like, how much do you want me to give you? And 
for me, I was trying to explain to him that when you're in a certain tax bracket, let's go on the lower end, um, you only have a certain uh, experiences. For example, um, you know, if if you make 30000 or less, maybe you can only go to, I don't know, uh, let's say TGIF or, or something like that. Because right. you can't go to another restaurant because you don't have the money for that. So... But a person who who makes a lot of money can go to a more inexpensive restaurant and then putting down $200 might be like really $5 for them. Right. So I was having a hard time telling him, you know, give me, you know, you know, 150 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, because for me, 150 is like, whoa, that's a lot of money. You yeah. know, I right. can't just... Uh, what no but for him it was like please that's a quarter right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. exactly. but the whole purpose of me sharing that is i'm using those words and i'm keeping myself in that poverty mentality by even saying that yeah right right yeah 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 that's so key and one of the things that um you know speaking of that so how do how do you what do you do about that what do you do about that to get your vibration more open to something else? Well, the yeah. first step is acknowledging that you're even doing it. Yeah, right. that's key. That's so critical. And catching Absolutely. yourself in the act because mm-hmm. when you're in it, that's an opportunity. The moment you can recognize it when it's happening, you're already you're already past step one because step one yeah. is again acknowledging mm-hmm. it. But then you start to notice it, and once you notice it, you now have the power to change it, and you can do so even in that moment. You can make a new choice yeah. about it right then. Take mm-hmm. a power pivot and say, "How many?" Because I I find myself doing this all the time. I'll be talking to somebody even now. I'm like, "Wait, wait, no, mm-mm. I need to say that differently. I got to right. say that better." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Let and, me reframe that right now. And yep. More power to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And the reason, and this is key mm-hmm. because the reason why people are saying that law of attraction. Some people say, "Oh, it doesn't work." Is because they don't realize it's always working. They're yes. just recreating the same yes. thing over and over because they've got this history. Yes. of belief and just examples of things. And so they just kind of keep going back. But what you're saying, that pivot is where you just have to, you have to own the idea yeah. that you can make a change from this moment and only from this moment. Well, and you create your own reality. Mm-hmm. You're always creating your own reality. So this isn't something that you play with. It's not something that you turn wow. off and on. It's not something that you visit. It's not something that, you know, has an expiration date right. or it's just work on Tuesdays. Exactly. But getting people to understand that the law of attraction trumps all natural laws. Right. That it is you know, it trumps everything. And and yeah. most people you know, it's really so don't funny. don't get that part. You're saying that word, and I'm like, I'm I know, I know, really avoid it, saying that. Right. I, I, I don't know if it was with you or someone else that yeah. said we have to find a different word. It yes. Beats, it beats everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it supersedes but, but everything. But guess what, guys? Yeah. We're not going to put any resistance out there about that name. No, we're not. It's just I'm just laughing. We're laughing. I'm like that's right. so funny because I haven't used that word in so long. So when you're saying it, I'm like, okay, that's funny. Yeah. Um, but I was also chuckling when Rico said that, you know, even when we're joking, because Rico, how many conversations have we had about 
making jokes or cynical or so now I I love a little cynicism and sarcasm every now and then but mm-hmm. I try or I don't try I there is no try I <laughs> I'm not so much pessimistic about things so um but I would always my response to him would frequently be oh don't be frivolous with your focus <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. be, because it's a point of focus the moment you speak mm-hmm. the moment you write the moment you put words words are power we just went into that um and these are this is how we express the creation of our reality all the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you're when you are being conscious and aware and deliberate in how you're focusing, because that's really all it is. It's the discernment that, wow, my focus is a little out of alignment. It's, it's out of, it's out of tune, right? I have to tune it up. And Mm -hmm. then you make that pivot to choose to attune your focus to a vibration of love and alignment and power, which for me, it's just sometimes I just have to say quietly to myself or think to myself, wait a minute, I create my own reality. I'm sitting here reacting to something and I need to create the response I really want and focus on the version of it I would prefer to have. Yeah. Right. You know, right. I've had so many instances and just change your story, tweak your story. Yeah. Yeah. And when I find myself having those old thoughts come up, um, because I, I'm very much wanting to be self-aware you know mm-hmm. and I I have this the next thought I typically have is you know when I know change is really going to happen for me my thought is oh that's old news and I yep. love that I love that it's mm-hmm. old news and it's like that's my favorite one of my favorite Abraham expressions which is um it's like gum you've chewed all the flavor out of it's just <laughs> it's done it's done yeah. it's done it's done right Let you know go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's when I know I've I've you know, and the other thing that Brashar talks about is you don't know the moment change happens is when you respond differently. Yes. You mm-hmm. respond differently in how you feel, like the feeling in your body, the thought, you know, and the idea when that's when, you know, change has happened Absolutely. Uh, for you. So, yeah, yes. it's really fun having these tools. It is. And then it's about reinforcing the change, because what happens is your negative belief, your old belief will show up to challenge your new choice of action. And so, oh yeah, that's a good point. You know, and then that rises again and and you can feel the nostalgia in it. You can feel the familiarity of it. Sometimes those, um, you know, resistive states feel comfortable to you because you had gotten so familiar, so um, practiced in, Mm. in maintaining them, right? And, and you see this thing and when it first occurs, you're recognizing, hmm, this is happening again. I thought I was manifesting differently now. You know, that's yeah. like yeah. You know, the first thing that happens. Like, wait a minute, yeah. where'd you come from? Yeah. And you got to really be careful with that. That's a good yeah. point. Because then you could, you could lose it. Yes. Yep. yep. And that's the point at which you have to decide. Am I committed to this new course of action or not? Because yeah. if you go back into an old script, an old format of response, then you're going to get the old manifestational results. But if you choose your new course of action, your experience continues to change. It continues to be different. It continues to improve often. 
Mm-hmm. And then at mm-hmm. some point, it may happen maybe one or it may happen another time or two, and you'll be different the next time it occurs. You'll say, Oh, that's still happening. Okay. No, we're not doing that. You know, it becomes easier to recognize and (laughs) respond. Yeah. So your whole relationship to that scenario is so key. So for me, what I, what I feel is that I, when I see that happening, I get really curious and interested, you know, like I, I like, I'm ready for the challenge. I I'm excited that now I get to choose, Uh you know, consciously choose the different route. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not having a problem with it. Like I, maybe I used to in the past, you know, when something would happen in that old, oh no, not again, you know, that frustration, but now it's kind of like, oh, here it is. It's okay. I'm going to give, I'm going to really put this out there now. And you know that you own it. This is, this is where I think we start really understanding. We really truly are creators. We're not yes. just saying it, but yes. we really understand. Yeah. How this really works. And I think confidence is also very important. I know at at that moment, you may not feel confident, but you've done it before in the past. Like for me, you know, for, for me to have that whole conversation and that poverty consciousness bleed through, Mm -hmm. you know, to stop, notice it. And then be like, you know what, this, I can do, I've done better. You know, I've manifested way more money than this hundred dollars so why am i wait you know uh crying over this when i've manifested you know thousands of dollars right right so acknowledging that you've done that in the past and hold on to that thought instead of the you know oh a hundred dollars is too much no it's not right and then and then rico and then not to judge it just because just because it happened again and yep. you thought you were doing better or whatever, and it, uh, but not judging it. And that's what I'm trying to say is that it is. Yeah. Or beating yourself okay. up over it. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it, it is an opportunity, really, mm-hmm. for Absolutely. something new. Yeah, you know? don't, don't, it, don't interpret it immediately as something you've done wrong. Like, oh man, I must not have gotten that because this is still happening. No, recognize that this is a new instance. It's just a new pivot point. It's new. I think of it as just information coming in. This is just incoming data that lets me know or gives me an opportunity to make a new, to chart a new path, right? It's a new opportunity to exercise your decision to create a new um, yep. it's not an indictment <laughs> on what you've already been doing. So, um, I love referring back to with some of this stuff. So in the law of least effort, we've talked about this in a previous episode, but he was saying that, you know, the first component, there's three components to understanding the law of least effort, but the first one is acceptance because acceptance simply means that you make a commitment. Today, I will accept people, situations, circumstances, and events as they occur. Mm -hmm. This means I will know that this moment is as it should be because the whole universe is as it should be. This moment, the one you're experiencing right now, is the culmination of all the moments you've experienced in the past. This moment is is as it is because the entire universe is as it is. But it doesn't mean judging the moment it doesn't mean struggling in the moment it doesn't it means acceptance with zero attachment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know right right and then the second component is responsibility 
What does that mean? It means not blaming anyone or anything for your situation, including yourself. Having accepted this circumstance, this event, this problem, responsibility then means the ability to have a creative response to the situation as it is now. Who cares if that thing happens a thousand times? You can create a new response every time. Have fun with it. Make a game out of it. Play with it. See how many different new ways you can manifest or create around it. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about not blaming yourself or others, um, one of the things, one of the first things I tell clients, and they usually don't buy into it, but I I like to say it in the beginning because over time they'll start to get it. Mm -hmm. But I say, um, there is nothing wrong with you. I want to say there's there's stuff you're working on but as far as you are concerned, there's nothing wrong with you. You know what I mean? And, there, yes. and the second thing I share is there is never a reason to beat yourself up, which is a huge, one of the biggest first things I remember learning from Abraham Hicks. There yes. is never a reason, uh, never. And so, yeah. um, you know, so we are, and that's, that's a big misunderstanding, I think, as human, uh, as human beings that we have is that we're, you know, a lot of our religious dogma. Mm-hmm. system that something's wrong with us right and yes. so right and so we are seeing the world really through that uh that idea often unconscious yeah you know that that we think that we're bad something's wrong you know and so this is huge that's a big shift to make because it's ingrained and it's also a co-creative idea absolutely in, in our in our history and in our current day so Um, getting, getting out of that, something's wrong with me, as opposed to like reframing that to there's some stuff that I'd like to change, you know, stuff I'd like to improve. Uh, and I'm just working on, I'm just working progress, you know, just lighten it up, you know? And and one one more thing I want to say about what Rico and Rico, when you're talking about the hundred dollars, you reminded me that, um, I, I, I don't have, I don't have millions of dollars. Where are my millions of dollars? (laughs) <laughs> so, so apparently <laughs> we're just Where's talking about zeros here, right? Right. Where's my stuff? Because I, I, I want to have that, and I don't have it yet. So we're it's just zeros. Like so, most of us are, as Abraham says, we're allowing just a municipal. Is that the is that the right word? Minuscule. Amount of our yeah, minuscule. Yeah. Yeah, minuscule. Uh, I can't get it. Out. I can't get it. It's out. okay. <laughs> anyway, um, they got it. We are really they're so like we all have we have all have access to everything, but we're like only allowing a little bit in. So we're yeah. all just it's just a matter of zeros behind the you know the one. But I but, think also um, appreciating that little bit yes. that comes in because I know like the other day I was playing with. Um, I'm going to say it wrong. The gravivoid numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're. What's that? Anyway, so some. Uh, gravivoid was a, a man who like discovered these like hack codes, if you will. There's these numbers that if you use them, they have some mm-hmm. benefit to them. So mm-hmm. I was using the one um, and this number kept coming up. So that's why I decided to use it. And the number is for receiving unexpected money. Mm-hmm. So um, one uh, lady, okay, I'm going to say it, from TikTok, she she came across it, she used it, she put it on her wrist, and money started flowing. So I said, okay, what the hell? Now, the reason I started using this number, too, is because the number is tied to me. Like, my favorite number is in there. There's, mm-hmm. um, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to share yeah, what other yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. But... 
so I was like, okay, so this is like the third time this shows up. So let me try it. So I did and I got $12. Mm-hmm. So at first, you know, you're like, yay, I got money. $12. What am I going to do with $12? Right. Yeah. So what did I just do? I just stopped the flow of money because now I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> great i got one starbucks coffee <laughs> right so you manifested something and then you immediately poo-pooed your manifestation yes <laughs> yes so of course i, I caught myself and i like, no no yep. don't you know but we do that kind of stuff all mm-hmm. the time yes we do <laughs> yes we do so i was gonna That's say true. there's a, a few things first of all julie i loved when you were talking about you know you first set up so you basically make some statements of fact before you embark on this conversation with your mm-hmm. um, your clients, right? And mm-hmm. and what you're actually doing, because I do that all the time. I call mm-hmm. it stating my premise. I will state my premise yep. that everything else I'm about to say is based upon because it differs fundamentally from the narrative that I'm getting back in mm-hmm. response from other people. And when your premises are different, when the seeds of your argument, the seeds of your description, the seeds of your affirmation, when the seeds of your conversation, the seeds of your belief, the seeds, it's a seed. It is the foundational element of everything. And you build all of this stuff. We have built an entire world and what we call civilization, which, you know, I have to question how civilized is it really? Um, Mm -hmm. because of the premises at the basis of the way we live. We have these premises like this is the best way to live. We have a premise that, you know, um, we that humans sit at the top of the food chain, which is a really poor premise, by the way, because Earth right. just Couldn't showed us. Wronger. Yeah, Couldn't exactly. <laughs> it's precisely the opposite, in fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like minerals rule the world, not right. Yeah, trees are way wiser than we are. <laughs> you exactly. know, they really are. It's totally true. But because we have these premises embedded in every single thing we have built. And, and and we constantly broadcast about and we message to ourselves and everyone else about how we live, you know, that you have to g- provide pain in order to get gain, that there must be yeah. some struggle. I'm like, a struggle is not virtuous. When you understand that you create your own reality, I want to exactly. say that again, and I need to say it a little more slowly. You, you create your own reality you're doing it every moment of the day every second of your life every breath that you take is a manifestation in and of itself it's a choice right Mm -hmm. and you understand that truly and that becomes the basis for the things that you now build upon it as beliefs i can always go back to that statement and go wait a minute i create my own reality first of all so this thing that's happening out there that has nothing to do with me. That's already manifest. It's already gone. It's not even, I have, I, I always have a choice to invest or not invest energetically in something. And if I let it go, it's gone. It's done. I can create, mm-hmm. I have a whole new realm of possibility that I'm constantly swimming in. Yep. Yep. The struggle is not real. Unless yes. you want it to be. Exactly. Unless you want to believe in it. Right. And, and why do you need to keep saying that? I mean, mm-hmm. I know we have a lot of really cool sayings about stuff like that. The struggle <laughs> is real. It sounds good, right? Mm-hmm. It can you to people. Yeah. But 
I'm like, what are we really saying? There's no war going on. Casting yeah, more spells. Not, exactly. not when it comes to creation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It does not have to be that way. And my response True. often is, well, if you say so. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and really, go, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, this, this is also reminding me of our conversation prior to recording about COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID also showed a lot of people that you don't have to live, you know, working 40 hours, going, you know, driving two two hours to work every day, yeah. uh, not spending enough time with the family. Because mm-hmm. it happened, people got to work from home and they got to spend more time with their families. They got to cook more. They got to play games more. Yeah. It just showed us a whole new way of living that yeah. we didn't even think was possible. Right. And I know there's some people that are going to be listening to this going to say, it was awful being at home with my family. But you know what? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It gave us an opportunity. People don't understand that creativity because it gave, you know, you could be creative in creating a better situation at home while you're, you know, sitting at home. And Mm -hmm. and creativity is a a type of prosperity. And that, you know what I mean? So how, what you do, I always say this too how you do what you do is so key to your experience. You know what I mean? So you have a situation, you have COVID, you're at home and the kids are at home and you know, there's not enough space and you don't have any person. There is a lot of different, this could be a unique experience. You could just look at this as a learning opportunity, a unique way to think of creative ways to have fun and enjoyment, to spend time finally maybe talking to each other. You know what I mean? So all of it is, the, your our power is in our perspective absolutely you know our power is in our perspective and this just popped to mind I love the synchronicity of all this and how new ideas just come in because I've never thought of this precisely in this way before but as you were saying that Julie I was thinking mm-hmm. you know how fun would it be to think of your life as a laboratory yeah so you know mm-hmm. we're in this situation because things happen the world brings us situations it brings us crazy weather, cancel vacations, it brings us sick days, it brings us all kinds of things, right? You have a car accident, you know, you're just chugging along and you're happy and think something happens and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it completely upsets the balance you thought was happening prior to that moment, right? Think of your life as a laboratory in that, okay, I have this new set of circumstances, all these new variables just entered the scene. What do they have to reveal to me? Think of it as an adventure and discovery. What else can I create from here? Ooh, how else can I use my power or my creative approach it with a sense of wonder and enjoy the process more? Um, And to that note, I wanted to third component of the law of least effort, because we talked about the first two. The first one is, um, the first component is acceptance, accept that what is, is is as it should be, then take responsibility for it entirely. Understand that it doesn't have to mean anything or be an indictment of anything. And then the third component is defenselessness, which means that your awareness is established in defenselessness and you have relinquished yeah. the need to convince or persuade others of your point of view. If yeah. you observe people around you, you'll see spend 99% of their time defending their points of view if you just yeah you know if you just relinquish the need to defend your point of view you will in that relinquishment gain access to enormous amounts of energy that have been previously wasted and if you don't like the word wasted 
just I would say they've um forfeit (laughs) you know it's like you just weren't able to leverage all that energy because you were putting all of it or expending it in or um, expensing it in the act of defending your point of view how exhausting is it when you have to defend your point of view yeah yeah and you know when you say that um what compels me to remember that very important thing is I I'm I am I'm asking myself is this gonna is this is trying to defend this point of view or get my message out there or, you know, mm-hmm. is it going to uh, raise my vibration or is right. it going to lower my, I mean, I'm, right. I'm actually asking that question. Is this, is this a good investment for my energy, mm-hmm. like my vibration? And then I make the decision from that because maybe, maybe something I want to share. Um, maybe it's a, an opportunity for that person to learn something, maybe for me to learn something, you know, right. just to experience myself standing in my power but if I feel like I know there's too much, I, I can I can sense that this is gonna be unfulfilling. Then I'm like, hey, I I want to have a fulfilling, high flying experience. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna walk away from it. You know, it's not worth it. Yeah, you, know? you just so touched on something just, else that's important. Mm-hmm. It's you're making a choice in that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't I mean, our we are very powerful choosers. It's one thing to just. That's like reading the landscape, right? That's assessing the situation and getting the information. But then there's the choice that happens after that. Because yeah. the choice is the first action you take to move in a, in a particular way or direction or respond to the discerning that's happening. So, you know, when we understand that we create our own reality we're in a constant state of choosing well-being, choosing alignment, choosing mm-hmm. love, choosing optimism, yeah. choosing positive expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just really have to get to a point where you trust mm-hmm. that these things that you're saying, Nicole, are so right on that those things can never, never lead you in the wrong direction. Exactly. When you make those choices, you know what I mean? You don't have to know what the outcomes, you know, the details or what it's going to be. Just know that it's going to be something good. Absolutely. And it's going to be a great, you know, a great outcome. And I like, I kind of, I'm going to tell you, I like kind of living more more so living in the unknown. I'm just sort of curious and interested, you know, it's just fun. And I, if anything, COVID should have taught us is to get comfortable with the unknown. Yeah. Well, you know? it causes it has caused us to collectively become more now focused. Yeah. We we're not like who how many I, I say this every day and, and I'm working every day and I have a schedule and things have to happen at a certain <clears throat> time, but I don't ever feel like I know what time it is. I'm always like, what day is this? What time is it? Why does it feel like Tuesday and it's really Friday? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. Like time has lost all of its real valid meaning to us even though we're still showing up when we're supposed to show up to have a conversation about x y or z it's funny to me because it's like everybody's like what day is it i thought it was tuesday it's just thursday oh you know it's really funny because it has really Mm -hmm. what what that is is an indication that we're becoming more focused in our present moment yes i love it and that is a natural evolutionary progression step toward b- 
becoming more highly evolved because yeah. we live in the eternal moment of now anyway. Now is the only time we ever get. Mm-hmm. It's all happening that exi- now. Real. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's all happening now. You know, and we're and when you when you focused in your present moment, you're also more aware of the power you have to command yeah. and create your next now experience. Yeah. So freeing too. There's freedom because I don't worry about I I I, I really don't worry nearly. I, I wish I could have had a scale to measure the difference. It's a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like knowing that I'll be guided. Mm-hmm. I'll be guided. I don't know. I don't know what uh how this is gonna work out and what I should do. I don't have to have plan A, plan B, plan C mm-hmm. because I'm gonna be guided. Yes. And it, mm-hmm. and I have to I wanna ask you guys too. Um, I've noticed something different with memory. Mm-hmm. Like I'm even, I'm even knowing that I don't have to prepare so much, yes. you know, like I know yes. that it'll, what I need in the, in that moment, when that now moment comes, it will be, will be there. It'll be clear. It'll just show up, it, you know, and it's yeah. oh my God, the freedom to, to be able to not worry about being prepared for all these things. And, you know, having a plan for this and, you know, that, and what are you going to do? And I don't know, I, I can't wait to find out, <laughs> you yep. know, it's getting, yep. I'm, I'm so getting there and I, I want that so much for others. That's why we do the work we do, right? Absolutely. Is to try to, Hey, cause this is not just for us. Mm-hmm. This is, this is there for everyone. And we're all in, we're all in our place on this journey and I'm letting go of, of the, of also of the people that, you know, I, I can see them wanting to be in the struggle mm-hmm. and they're some, oftentimes they're loved ones. Right. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. And I have to, I can't even let that become something that I, I can, I can offer a, a, a different approach, but I can't let them not taking it lower my vibration because now exactly. no one, you know, so it's, it's deep. It is. It's just, uh, yeah, I've been very silent because a lot of the things that you've been talking about has really hit home for me. Mm-hmm. And um, even what you, uh, I don't know how much to share, how much not to share, mm-hmm. but um, I have caused a rift in my relationship with my sister, mm-hmm. all because of a can of beans. Hmm. And <laughs> yes, say more and... about that. That's a powerful <laughs> metaphor. It's going to be called a can of beans. Metaphor. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, um, all right. I'll try to say it really quick. Really quick. My, um, I'm gay, and so is my brother. And my sister has a really great relationship with my brother. Uh, with me, every time that I try to have a conversation with her or um, that an important conversation, I tend to put my foot in my mouth and I say the wrong things. Uh, this has happened since like I was in high school um, because what ends up happening is I she'll do something that kind of uh, I find hurtful to me mm-hmm. and I'll keep it bottled in. And then the next time something happens, uh, I could explode. And then all of a sudden, I'm, my words are hurtful to her. And, and she said that, why do you use those words? Yeah. So um, we went shopping and she decided to buy um, a can of beans that 
was supporting a political party that uses money to hurt my community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're my family member and you love me, why would you purposely give money to an organization that is using money to hurt my community? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I decided to make a comment. Mm-hmm. Well, that did not go well because I basically called her a Nazi supporter. Mm-hmm. And so now, and now any little thing that, sh- that comes up, she's like lashing out at me. And so I talked to my other brother about this and I said, you know, how was your relationship with her? Um, the other thing she, she, so to retaliate from that comment, she said to me, well, I don't agree with your lifestyle, but you don't see me throwing that in your face. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing I could have done is, okay, well, let's acknowledge this because this is not a lifestyle. But because there was so much hurt coming from her and um, she could not see the hurt that she was causing me, I decided, you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth quiet. We're not going to, you know, we're in the middle of a supermarket too. You know, we're not going to have hash it out right here. So when I talked to my other brother about this, I was like, would you have said something? And he was like, no if she would have picked a bad piece of fish i would have been like don't buy that buy this but i would not have it's just a can of beans it's just a can of beans Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so when you were talking about uh not uh not getting involved that's not the right words but attach yeah what what the whole purpose of me just i mean i just created more friction and and that was not necessary right yeah yeah. Yeah. That is, so you've got a, you've got a, an opinion, you, you know, something emotional you attach to, you're, you know, have an attachment, but the opportunity, it, it, I think it really is about what do you want for yourself? You know what I mean? Do you want to, to feel uh, good basically? And you know that this conversation, this path is not going to lead to that. It's sort yeah. of like having, making that choice from there. Like, Getting, yeah. getting out in front of it and looking back and seeing the different paths where they're going to lead you and asking yourself, um, I love myself, so therefore, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to choose the path of least resistance, the one that's going to lead me to the better feeling. And, yeah, you know. At, okay, yeah. I have a, I have a, let's, I, I wanted to add a, a, some additional sure. insight because this ties into what we were just talking about, poverty consciousness and wealth consciousness and manifesting more. So it talks about law of least effort. It, it, it leverages law of least effort, but this has to do with attachment. Attachment is, for me, attachment is trust. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're either trusting, you're constantly in your knowing that all is well and everything is precisely as it should be. You're trusting the process of life to always bring you the highest good or you're not. And when you're not, it always looks like attachment or most frequently manifests itself Mm -hmm. as some sort of attachment. So the chapter six in the law of uh, seven spiritual laws of success by Deepak Chopra talks about the law of detachment. And I always talk about my favorite chapter, because if you can get this man, you'll really struggle to understand any of this other stuff it says um attachment is based on fear and insecurity and the need for security is based on not knowing the true self not is really what that means 
the source of wealth, of abundance, or of anything in the physical world is the self. It is the consciousness that knows how to fulfill every need. Attachment comes from poverty consciousness because attachment is always two symbols. So that can of beans was a symbol for you. Yeah. E- and can I? Yeah, go ahead. I was, was going to say one thing. And I'll, yeah, gonna, you go, yeah. go ahead and read it and then I'll try to remember. Okay. <laughs> detachment, <laughs> is, detachment is synonymous with wealth consciousness because with detachment, there is freedom to create. Only from de- involvement can one have joy and laughter. Then the symbols of wealth are created spontaneously and effortlessly. Without detachment, we are prisoners of helplessness, hopelessness, mundane needs, trivial concerns, quiet desperation, seriousness. And I'm just going to insert, you know, squabbles with our siblings. The distinct (laughs) (laughs) over beans, (laughs) but they're not just beans. I get it, right? It's a symbol, right? But the distinctive features of everyday mediocrity, mediocre existence, and poverty consciousness. But true wealth consciousness is the ability to have anything you want, anytime you want, and with least effort to be grounded in this experience. You have to be grounded in the wisdom of uncertainty. In this uncertainty, you will find the freedom to create anything you want. Okay. There you go. So what I so I love that. So what yeah. I want to say is go back to the premise. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with you. Now, see, yes. this is a question because there isn't anything wrong with you. Right. And even if an organization is out there that doesn't understand that, so now I'm on a level, I'm gonna say, so what? It, yep. ha- it still doesn't change the fact that there's nothing wrong with you, right? Right. And, and if your sister in this situation is making an investment that supports an, uh, an opposite opinion, then the question is, does she love me? And, and, mm-hmm. and I'll say this, this is a hard one, but on a level, who, who cares right. in a sense of, are you lovable? Are you? Yes. And yeah. it has no, and if someone else, and I'm not talking about your sister, but mm-hmm. if someone else doesn't get that, it still doesn't change the fact that nothing's wrong with you and you're loved, exactly. you know, and, they, they, and that the universe loves you. So this is sort of like trusting in that no matter what the universe throws out there that tries to, to really get at your emotion and, and get you to, to like pull away from it. It's like standing in that solid foundation of understanding of you were created therefore you you exist and you exist for a reason and there could not possibly creation could not possibly have made a mistake it does not and as 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 um as um Rashar says you can argue try to argue with creation if you want to but you will not win that <laughs> argument exactly <laughs> you know exactly. you exist and therefore you are important and that is yes. that in the story Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of confusion true. out there about stuff but so what that's their confusion you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah. yeah and you know and i find that generally the misunderstanding is or the the, the i guess the a bigger question you can ask yourself too because those were fantastic what julie just presented was that you know why do i need her to be in agreement with loving me because you're also interpreting, you're defining her action 
as not loving you, which is why it becomes a personal thing for you, you know, a personal indictment. Because if you were truly in alignment, you would never have seen her pick up those beans. She might have been inspired to buy something else. If you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You wouldn't have noticed. Mm-hmm. You would have been doing, you wouldn't have, you may not have even been in the grocery store with her that day. If you were really aligning with yourself in your alignment. And not, and that stuff, seeing it happen firsthand, you know, how many times does somebody say, oh, I saw this. Did that really happen? Uh, well, we got a lot of that going on right now in the world. Oh, this didn't really happen. Well, some of some people saw it firsthand and then other people get to question it. But that doesn't make it less of a permission slip <clears throat> because everybody's using that thing, the symbol as a permission slip to do the next thing. So when you're aware of yourself, when we're walking in our conscious, deliberate creativeness, we're all we're constantly assessing what permissions, what definitions we're assigning or giving to objects, to symbols, to discussions, to experiences that then have further impact on our experience. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, too, it's also an opportunity to even think about what is love, you know, yes. what is misunderstanding about love. And um, yeah, I wish I could think of this movie, but, and I'll try to be real succinct because I know it's like 48 minutes in, but uh, there's a movie and I'm going to have to get the name of it. But at the, um, in this point of the movie, these two, the two guys, uh, they're twin, twin brothers. And one of them is dying and they were having a first, uh, finally an honest heart to heart. And, and this one, the one twin was like eternally optimist and just living uh-huh. life. And the other one was, you know, measured and doom and gloom and worry and heavy. They were just like opposite personalities. And, and the one was talking about, you know, that time you loved that girl in high school and you just, you thought she was so wonderful. Did You didn't even know she, she talked about you. She, you know, she did all, she, she never appreciated you. She just put you down and you didn't, and you, there you were, you were always so, he was blaming it. You were just so silly, just, you know, loving her and be, and then he looked at his brother and said, oh, I knew that I knew she, but he said, but that was my love. Uh-huh. I was my love. I, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And, and, uh-huh. and so loud. And that, and even when I talk, when I remember that scene, he was like, it had nothing to do with my love. And so I think yeah. that misunderstands like his love for the love, the love yes. for the sake of love. It felt so good to him. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's at the heart of everything. We're getting that to is that a point. Big, that is yeah. a good thing. Um, and I've done podcast episodes on what is love. And maybe we can dig into it a little bit on this mm-hmm. um, particular podcast, a different, another episode, but I'll just say this about it. We do have a fundamental misunderstanding of what love is generally yeah. and certainly unconditional love because so many things yeah. that we attribute to love are really aspects of fear. Um, but with that said, one thing about how love feels that really helped me start to understand love in a different way is when you're feeling loving, when you're in love, you know how we feel in love and we're swoony and mm-hmm. oh, everything is just amazing. And you know, you can't say anything wrong. You can't do anything wrong. That feeling that you have, that overwhelmment that you have is not love coming into you. It's not love you're getting from somebody. It's not energy that's flowing into you. It's what's mm-hmm. coming out of you. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. love that you're being 
in that moment, in those times, in that situation, in that relationship. It's the love that you're flowing to another freely, openly, fully. That's why it feels overwhelming because you're this amazing vessel for love. And we, and it gives us, and it's fascinating to me that it gives us the feeling of being loved, but the Uh real truth is, the truth is, yes, you are being loved being the version of yourself that is fully loving and that feeling is you I love loving yeah yeah don't feel that guy no I just want to love you I just adore you I know you're frustrated (laughs) you know we do this to kids all the time the kid could be a crying tantrum mess and you're just like oh he's so darn cute I just love him so much I just want to kiss him and you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. maybe it'll be okay and you try to soothe the baby but whether the baby wants to be consoled or not you don't stop being in love with this little you know yeah it's not conditional exactly it is absolutely unconditional yeah yeah you're not depending on and I I, and and I haven't really this is like the big thing this is the big movement right for us get to that next level of spirituality is really understanding unconditional love. Yes. And with a kid, we're not just sitting there thinking, well, he didn't hug me. So now, <laughs> now I, you know, I don't feel hey. lovable. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> we I must not be lovable past. today. Right. Right. Must be level, right? <laughs> right. I'm broken. We don't say yeah. that. So. <laughs> and, and I love it when I'm, when that is evoked from me, when I encounter some, you know, I was at my son's house last weekend and he has a dog and the dog is such a sweetie and, you know, he'll come over and I, I was just always compelled to pet him. And of course, then he stuck to me like glue. So, <laughs> but it was just funny because I appreciate the dog being an, um, a mechanism or an instrument or a co-creative component to my wanting to love because it was just easy and effortless. And for me, I think of it as practice. I think of it as a way to open, be open and receptive because when I'm in that state, I'm letting more amazing stuff in for myself. It's a, it's an excuse to be in alignment. I'm not, I don't need an excuse, but I will take every opportunity to exercise that state, you know, to just be unconditionally loving in my focus because there's so much benefit for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the word reflection is popping up for me, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when these things happen, you know, and they don't feel good or when you feel in love and everything reflects love back, it it doesn't matter. It works each way. You know what I mean? Uh If you're getting a reflection from someone that maybe it feels unloving, then that's just a that's just a hint that uh, maybe shore yourself up with the self-love stuff, you know, with, with understanding what love is and not making it, you know what I mean? Nothing's really gone wrong. It's really simply an opportunity, you know, to be more of yourself and to realize that they're, you know, your fullness of who you are, which is a part of creation, which reminds me. And I, I, I also am having this thought around the fact that we're all connected. We're all this one thing, which is probably another conversation, right? right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but this, this love for all things, no matter what, unconditionally, you know, even if they don't do things the way I want them to or invest in beings that they, sh- you know what I mean? It's, Ooh, it's your I- opportunity for your love. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know? Yeah. And let me just insert a, a- 
this is how I clarify it for myself. Cause I know people sometimes struggle with that idea. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to love these people who are running around shooting people and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not saying you have to like actively be in love with every expression of humanity in the same way you're in love with, you know, a cuddly baby or puppy. Mm-hmm. But what we are saying is that you have to be detached enough to allow love to flow in whatever direction it goes and be where it needs to be without the attachment of, and judgment of other of every expression of life that's out there. You know, again, it's like I'm not going to sit here and watch a, a television channel. It's gonna that's all doom and gloom all day and makes me feel bad. It's still broadcasting, even though I'm watching something that I love and that makes me feel good and last, you know, gives me laughter. So, or gives me a reason to laugh. But because I am in an allowing state, I can broadcast more love and that love is available to help the collective. So you're not, you know, it's about being really allowing because your natural state is love anyway. You can't not love them because they're all... There's only one of us in this entire existence, one consciousness. It's just having many different expressions of itself. So it's all you. It's all good. All God. I love how Bashar yeah. says, you know, mm. that stuff in, in existence is not God stuff because God is the only stuff there is to make things of. It's all God stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's all these expressions of diversity, really. It's just Absolutely. God expressing all the different aspects of 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 god you know what i mean yeah it's all love yeah yeah sometimes (laughs) it's just love that has forgotten it is love that's what i thought that's what i that's how i define fear it's just love that has forgotten it is love yeah yeah Mm. yeah so true powerful Hmm. statement yeah well i think this is a good time to wrap up yes and I think this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you both yeah. for joining. And I'm glad we could do Thank this. You. And I, I hope it helps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know it will. If, even if it only helped one person. Right. Out it helped there, me. I, it did. It helped it me. Helped me. Right. So yeah. we already met the goal, you know. And, and guess yeah. what? If, if, if anything, and, and if we had felt compelled to share something, then someone needed to hear it. Could have just, Absolutely. You know, you know, including myself. So. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank Happy you for joining us. Day. Thank you. Wow. We've reached the end of another episode of the Akasha Hana Frequency Forum podcast. Thank you for co-creating with us today. Remember, you create your reality, so create deliberately. You can follow Akashohana on Instagram, Facebook, and at www.akashohana.com. And also, get a chance, you can catch Ashu and Nicole, myself, and Apostle on the Cool Ass Conversations podcast. Stay cool, soul family.